For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. USA! USA! Shot clock turned off. Calgary. Hall. Eight to shoot. Hall. The runner. Loose ball. It's good. Williams Goss comes out of the pack. Matthews for three. Oh, my goodness. Morrison. Six. It's time for Zag's Hoop Talk with Jack and Zach on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Zachary. All I was thinking about is, like, how do you know what things to use to wipe? Believe in the Zags. He's Rob Zachary. I'm Jack Ferris. It is, we're recording this on the last day of September. Can you believe we're almost a year, you and I? Almost a year. Yeah, it was right around Halloween, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Like the first week of November, we did it. Wow. <laughs> You're right. Wow. Yeah, we, I hadn't thought of that. Dude, we've been together for almost a year, bud. And what kind of Full anniversary year. do you want? I don't know. What are you supposed to get after the first year? Paper? I don't know. You, you oh. should know this. You're married and such. I do. I, I think, is it Paper? There's paper five years. Paper? Yeah, you know what I mean? What you're, there's a different, every year has a different theme of what you're supposed to get someone. First. I had no clue. Anniversary gifts. Um, I'm pretty sure it's paper, man. There's, what? Yeah. And Give like, somebody paper for. Well, no, 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 no. And that, that could be like a gift certificate. Like legal document papers? No, like, it's, it's like a gift certificate somewhere hold on now i've got to look this up i'm um, just curious because you're year, just talking about like two year anniversary gifts okay first year's paper second year's cotton so like clothes i guess third year is leather hey now talk to me fourth year is fruit or flowers and then fifth year is wood and it, this goes on. And on. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so these are just guidelines, my man. So, yeah, we got to get, get each other that paper. Hey, I guess so. We'll give each other paper. Got to get that kind paper. Of, uh, I was going to say, our, one of our biggest fans is my mother in law. I'm going to give a shout out to Kelly D. Oh, right on. Kelly oh, D yeah. listens to us coming from Deaconess. She's at works at Deaconess and Oh, uh, a hero, she, if you will. Yes, absolutely. So she's she always likes to say, Well, what was that all about right there? That's her little What voice. was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kelly D. Kelly D. Oh yeah, Kelly D. Kelly no, D. she was all into your little Paris Hilton deal. That really Change some heads, you know. Yeah, I got some. Uh, I got some texts over that. People thinking that am I really sympathetic to her? The answer is no. <laughs> she opened my eyes a little bit. Yeah, you you kind of understand why she's so completely insane. Anywho, let's. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far in the weeds. I should have asked um, 
uh, heister if he watched the Paris Hilton documentary? That I'm 100% sure he would have said yes. Okay. okay. That's something he would have surprised us with, I feel. Yeah. Like yeah. Lyme disease awareness? Uh, Rob, today. I'm just, <laughs> I just, I knew you were going there. Let's go. Let's go to another. Let's, yeah. let's move on. Yes, move uh, on. Congratulations to your countryman and former teammate, Kelly Olenek. Dude, finals. He will be the fifth Gonzaga player to play in the finals. Can you name, okay. the, other, can you name the other four? John Stockton, yep. Austin Day, yep. Ronnie Turioff, Adam Morrison, that's it. and that's, that's it. it. He's, he's the fifth. I think Austin Day is the one people forget. Well, dude, how crazy is that? All of those guys have championships. Yeah, I got rings. Except for no, John, yeah. that's the coldest part. Mm-hmm. That's the coldest part. So I would have to say Kelly would probably be probably, and I'm not discrediting all those guys um, because they were a part of those teams, but Kelly would probably be the uh, most active in, in the playoffs. I oh, would yeah. Say. Yeah. Well, the outside most, of Stockton, yeah. Outside, but to win a championship if he wins one. Totally. You mean like deserving of the actual Correct. wear the ring? Uh, yeah. Not de- I wouldn't say deserving because they guys were a part of that team. And I can't, you can't discredit being a part, but actually giving uh, minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'll say deserving. You, okay, you, can't, you, can. you won't because you're a player and that's fine. That's, yeah, I, that's yeah. my duty as a NARP, right? Yeah. N- typical NARPs don't understand <laughs> the other side. <laughs> Uh, I always struggle with the end of September, Rob, because this really is the end of summer. Yeah, dude, the colors of the leaves are changing over here. I don't know about you. Your, yours are on fire. The colors. Uh, Yeah. Our leaves are ash. Yeah. I was going to say ash leaves, but, uh, dude, it's, yeah, it's getting cold in the morning and and I'm an early riser and you're an early riser too. How about uh, yeah, that? unfortunately for work, for the most but part. But it's yeah. starting to get dark when you wake up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. It's a tough beat. That's the struggle right there. <sighs> Gets dark earlier too, man. But it's all right. That's life, you know. That is life. I just hate, I hate seeing October on dates and things. Why? Well, all you know is Halloween's coming up. Halloween is coming up. That's Dude, great. that's my favorite holiday. Really? Actually, yes. I can see that. I can see that. Why is that? Why could you see that? I don't know. But what do you dress up as? What was, as an adult, what's been your best costume? A Mexi- I was a Mexican one time, like a cholo. Okay. I was, and Vinny, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie that people think I'm Mexican all the time. So I'm just dressed get, up. Look, do you get that a lot? You get all Mexican? the time. I, when I was in LA, especially. Oh, whole, right. Hey, you can listen to that Beto uh, podcast. Uh, podcast we did. He was, I tried to go, so I did, uh, and then Vinny did the whole Joker face. She was a chola, okay. but she is, she's Mexican, so she can do that. Okay, yeah, she can get away with that. And I guess yeah. by proxy, you're Mexican too then, right? Bingo. Yeah. I eat it every day. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, what else? I was Sully. At work last year. Captain Sully? No, Sully from uh, what? What was the Sully from Monsters, Inc.? Oh, that makes sense. Who was yeah. your Mike? Mikowski? Um, Cue ball or one of the little ones. Cue ball <laughs> two little ones. I actually remember that. I saw that yeah. picture. Yeah. We're going to go as Kiss next year. We got to, we we're planning what's, on. Well, what's this year? Canceled? I'm going to be Tiger King, and Vinny's going to be a tiger. Oh, that's right. That's and I'm going to get a nice mullet, too. Yeah, Something real strong. Tiger King was March. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? It feels like eight, like years ago, doesn't it? Yeah, but it also feels like it was, a, it was like two months ago. I, I feel both. I yeah. Both feelings. Yeah, it's all right. But we, you know basketball's coming back. Basketball's coming back, Rob. Baseball postseason is here. If you if you have the itch to gamble, Rob, you know what you oh, can do. Where are we going with this? Het 
head to betonline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. As you know, you may not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. I hate the Seahawks. You're not a big Seahawks guy either, right? No. I just the, – it's the Seahawks fans that piss me off. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, have the Hawks been cashing in for me. Just barely covering spreads, first half and full game. So God bless you, Seahawks. Uh, if you want to cash in on the Seahawks, go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. Very special guest today, Rob. As he's waiting in the waiting room, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow him in. Who, who is our guest today, Mr. Sacre? Great. Tracy Murray. Oh, look at that. Oh, man. Oh, man. Here we go. <laughs> there it is. Tracy Murray. Welcome to the show. Tracy, I have a question. How do you like to be introduced? Is it uh, NBA champion, uh, former two-time U- NBA champion? Right? Oh, it was one. It was oh, one. Oh, okay. It was one. We met. We messed up the year I was with Kobe and Shaq. That's right. <laughs> we shared to uh, San Antonio that year. Oh, okay. So that it, was the beginning. That was the beginning of the end. Is it? Is it? Is it NBA champion Tracy Murray? Is it uh, former UCLA great? Tracy Murray is it? How do you guys want to do it, man? How do you guys want to do it? Original. The guy who got traded or for Keon Clark. Guy who got traded for Keon. No, Clark? I, I, no, I went with him. Oh, you Actually, went with him? Yeah. I, okay, the guy that got traded by uh, for Kevin Willis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how the fuck you get a damn uh, damn podcast? Wait, see, we asked, you see, right? you see, you see, look, see. Hey, this is going to be a great episode, Jack. You already already see how this is going? He already knows why I'm saying this. (laughs) You get one. They hand them out these days. Yeah, they do. They really just hand them out. I'm sweating, Tracy. You got me sweating. Look, with my wrestling shirt. What you going to do, brother? Hey, Jack, (laughs) did you know Tracy? Oh, yeah. Tracy knows all the WWF people. He took me to he took me to hell in the cell when we were there was in LA. Isn't is yeah. W what I mean what what's I'm not a wrestling guy, Tracy, full disclosure. Sorry if I'm already oh. losing credibility over here. But what is the current uh it's connection? The current iteration. Because it's not I mean WWF is World Wildlife Foundation, right? So it's Yeah, not- <laughs> and they were fighting they were fighting over that. That's why they had to turn the WWE and turn to World Wrestling Entertainment okay. instead of World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, that's why they had to drop the F. So you're still as into it now as ever? No. Because oh. it's just it's just not, it's not the same. It's not the same. There's only a couple of of storylines that I'm really interested in and they keep killing the storyline. All <laughs> I'm only interested in what the hell Bray Wyatt's doing because that's that's like the modern day Undertaker thing. You know what okay. I mean? He's doing some he's doing some dark shit. So I'm like, what the hell is he up to? You know? <laughs> so it's it's like everybody else is just trying to figure it out. So when you you were back in the heyday of WWF. Yeah. That's why I, I, when you tell me all those stories, we'll get into basketball in a little bit. But Jack needs to know. Well, this. I already know our conversation. I know where it's going. It's going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack needs to understand your connection with the WWF or WWE, I should say. Does he understand how we found out our connection? Oh, he 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 realized we're cousins. Yeah, well, yeah. How many cousins? Because I looked I you up on Wiki. I was his cousin when. When we were at the end of when I was coaching his crazy ass. <laughs> I've, I actually have a question, too, because it says here that you were the shooting coach for the Lakers the year shooting. you were there. 
Well, yeah, I would have yeah, been, no, I would have been I, in the I, league I, a lot longer if he was doing his job. Go, no, I had to turn into uh, kick our postman's ass before the game, uh, coach, every day. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! You must oh, have been oh. playing Mark Madsen. You must have been playing Mark Madsen. You weren't playing. You weren't playing. No, it was Roy Hibbert. That's who it was. You're not me. Oh, that was a normal. That was a normal. <laughs> that, come on, you knew that was. You knew that was on a regular. Buddy. Hey, you Jack, saw that. you want a Tracy milkshake? Just ask me. I'll put them in the blender anytime you want, brother. Uh-oh. Oh, hey, that's how uh, it was. A Tracy wait, wait, milkshake. Wait, wait, Ask him who bought dinner. I bought you dinner once. Sunshine's on a dog's ass once in a while, brother. Let's but, not but, push but, this. Let's okay, not go. I'm going to break this down to you now. There's no way a 6'7", out of shape, wing You had this long – you had one fadeaway game. To beat an in-shape, current NBA player in his position. Hey, Jack. Not supposed to happen. Jack, so have you ever seen when an animal <laughs> gets hit by a car and it still makes it? And it's so – it's, it's kind of been dragging its leg across and it just drags itself. That was kind of Tracy's game. It dragged itself here and there, but it still survived somehow. So he was luring you to sleep? Is that what was going on? No, yeah. It was just – it just felt pity. You didn't want so, to put it out of its misery, so but at so the same you time. Wasn't there, you, you wasn't there before practice when I busted Julius' ass. Oh, here and, he and, and, and right there, right there. Some guys the just can't get it over, hey, man. They're they're hey, past. Hey, and Byron, and Byron was over there hyping it up. You didn't, you wasn't there. Of course, no. I'm I'm sure Byron was there hyping it up. I'm not worried about all of that. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I felt like I didn't know if Byron was still wanting to play or not. You know what? Yeah, I was a shooting coach, and they lit my ass up every day most of the time. But I tell you what, I was still the best shooter on the team. Yeah, did you see our team? Our best, our second. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see our team? Wait a minute, but I've been retired eleven years. I can't be the best shooter. Our second best shooter was probably either Lou Will or Swaggy P. And Lou Will can shoot it. And that's what I'm saying. I can't think about. He was on that D'Angelo team. You had so many questions about Chad. Yeah. Yeah, still do. <laughs> let's, let's not talk about that. Tracy, I, you, got, <laughs> you guys are burying the lead still. I want to – That that was, that was the, the uh, uh, empty uh, room a year. Yeah. Whenever we'll, he, we'll whenever room he walked too. in, everybody left. <laughs> <laughs> Turn your Snapchats off. Uh, what what was the practice? What was the the moment when you guys realized you were cousins? Like, did you – Bust out family trees? Were you connecting dots together? No, um, I saw the floor on his, you know, tatted on him. Yeah. And then somebody from New Orleans, Lake Charles, you know, like, uh, did you know you're coaching your cousin? Do you know that there's LaFleur's down here? Mm. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, get the, get the fuck out of here. I'm related to this <laughs> fucking nut. This so, rent right here, I'm related to. And this was the tail end of the season. This was like spring when you figured it out. What was it? It was like what about 10, 15 games left. Yeah, not, not even that? probably even later than that. Like I remember you calling me. I was yeah. Like, it, was, ah. it was that that it was it was crazy finding that out because there was there were like, I mean literally these were cousins that I one I I've never talked to and the <laughs> other one. Uh, at a family reunion, we got cool and, and, and got real close, and then they kept in touch. And we, and 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 all of a sudden, it's like I'm getting hit by two and three people. Like Robert Sacco is your cousin. I'm like, what? Small world. I, said, I, I I looked at him. I was like, well, we do. Well, everyone kept saying that. Yeah. saying we look alike. That was the problem. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, because yeah, you're losing your hair prematurely. <laughs> oh, 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 hey, I can see those pictures in the back. You know, they didn't look far from the tree, buddy. <laughs> hey, hey, I lost, I lost mine too, but you lost yours before me. Oh, you damn right. It, it, each kid, that hairline went back further and further. It's crazy. Did you play for Wooden? 
policy. Here you go. Did you play for? And I'm looking at these pictures back. Here, here he at UCLA. Who did you play with? Who was your coach? If I played for Wooden, I would have busted your ass. That that wouldn't have happened. (laughs) You you also would have been like 15 years older, right? Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) See what I'm saying? I just, I just saw the wood. I couldn't, I couldn't tell. Constant all year. Oh, Jack realized. And and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm I'm shooting coach, and he's playing. This was constant all year. I just just busting each other's balls. (laughs) And then when we found out, found out we were cousins, it was even worse. Yeah, I don't think Rob knows that the youngest uh, player that Wooden coached is probably like 58 years old now, though. I think yeah, he, I think Marcus Johnson. <laughs> I think he was asking you that. But yeah, uh, I think Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson might be the youngest one. Him or David Greenwood. How old is Roy he? Roy Hamilton. Shoot, I mean, they got They got to be about mid fifties. No. Uh, mid mid fifties, early sixties. You were coming. Are you trying to put me in that category? <laughs> hey, I'm those just, knees I'm look that old. old. Jack, don't, Jack, Jack, like, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> so you did go to UCLA late 80s, early 90s, uh, coming from yeah. Southern California. That was – I mean, when you got a letter from UCLA, was it like, forget about any other school. I'm going, I'm going to Westwood. Not, not necessarily. My, 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 <laughs> my recruiting was crazy. It was just – it was really different. You know, it, it just – the way it went out, the one left standing was UCLA. That, that's how crazy it was. It was like New Mexico, they had Luke Longley at the time, and it was like if I wanted to go play with him, he was like probably the top two, three big men in the nation that year. Like if I want to stay out west, play with a good big man, score a bunch of buckets, okay, go to New Mexico. That was my like my last choice out of the five. Villanova was my fourth. I loved Roly Massimino. He was a good coach. Uh, great guy. Looked like he would take care of me if I was to go to the East Coast. Plus, it was fashionable to go be one of the top players on the West Coast and go East Coast to play in the Big East. It, it was fashionable at that time. Oh, really? I think I, I think the class before me, the 88 class with Don McClain and Derek Martin, I think they were the class that began keeping the talent home. You know, um, and then third, third was Louisville because Allen Houston is our cousin. And and it was, yeah, you didn't know that one. He's his cousin on my dad on, on my dad on my dad's side. So so it's it like he was there. He was signed, still delivered. His you know Uncle Wade, his dad was coaching. Uh, he was assistant coach at Denny Cross. He got the head coaching job at Tennessee. I wasn't going to Tennessee. That wasn't happening. Why not? So Why not Tennessee? I knew nothing about Knoxville. I wasn't going. <laughs> and they just weren't so, so that, that, time. that that eliminated Louisville. Uh, then it came down to UNLV and UCLA, and then UCLA. Um, what happened? UNLV got got caught with that uh, the picture with the players and the mobster in the hot tub. Yeah. So that eliminated UNLV because they went on probation after that. UCLA left standing. Now I love UCLA. I grew up watching them. Grew up following them. Grew up, you know, loving UCLA basketball, and USC football. Go figure. Most most people did that when they were young. But you got to pick a side once you go to a school, you yeah. know. So, so you know, UCLA was left standing. That's that's where I went. Um, I was happy to be there. They had just and Walt Hazard was the one that recruited me, and Jim Herrick got the job the year before I signed. Oh. So it, it, it was almost like a new coaching staff started recruiting me there. You know, I, I was really interested when Hazard was there. Then the recruiting had to start all over again because it was a different coach. I wanted to know, you know, what his philosophy was having me there. You know, it it, it, it had to change up and uh, still end up working out. But um, just, just, just to think about it for a second, man, it, it's like we had Mitchell Butler already signed. Uh, Don McLean was there. Derek Martin was there. I mean, if you look at what had happened just in half of the West Coast cats from – 88 and 87, you had Sean Higgins go to Michigan. You had Chris Mills go to Kentucky. You had Brian Williams go to Maryland. You had uh, um, Earl Duncan go to Syracuse. See, I, that's what I'm saying. Stevie Thompson went to Syracuse. So it was like a bunch of West Coast dudes. John Williams went to LSU. We were all leaving. So I think 
the Don that McClain was just class. A thing? That was just a thing back then, or what? And, it, and if they stayed on the West Coast, they went to Arizona. Right. Oh, really? to Arizona. Uh, 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 Sean Brooks went to Arizona. Um, Bush went to Arizona. You know, it's like everybody went to Arizona. They either went to Arizona if they wanted to stay West, or they got the hell out. And, and it was it was different back then. And uh, Coach Herrick was the one that started keeping guys uh, at home. So what do you think – do you still watch college basketball now or, or? – Yeah, yeah, because I broadcast for UCLA. He's, he's dialed in. He's back in Westwood, baby. Back, he's back in, Westwood. in Westwood. So yeah, I, I took a year off from that uh, to coach your big head ass. No, big, beautiful head ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, no, but no, – No, but, yeah, it was, it was that one year off. I, I came from broadcasting at UCLA to come and, and, and give it a, a shot to coach in the league. And then I went back. Luckily, it opened up. So from your time playing at UCLA to now, what is the evolution have you seen of basketball in college? Everything, this even includes the league, everything is copycat. For sure. It's like everything is copying European style of play. And it doesn't matter what your skill set is, everybody's doing it. Like, you were lucky because you were the last of the Mohicans that stayed inside. It's like everybody now are stretching out trying to shoot jump shots. Right. And it's like, honestly, it's killing the five position. I think the five position is very important. You don't just want them to just plug the hole and block shots. You want them to get you buckets when you need it on the inside. And, and it's so crazy that, it's almost eliminated that position. It's almost five out, and they got people who can shoot threes. You got people who can shoot threes decently, and then you got those who can't shoot threes that are shooting threes. And it's just driving me crazy just watching non-shooters shoot three-point shots. I, I don't want to sound biased or a hater because there is no hate in my life. I do oh, not no hate here but I, I But I honestly find it – sometimes boring to watch basketball mm -hmm. now because of, it's just pick and roll. And there's for that point guard, he has three options. He can either come off and drive, come off and throw a lob or come off and pass to a, a shooter. And that's it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's your typical, that's basketball. There's no real play calls anymore. It's like, right. it's just, that's it. That's your bat. And then you have everyone spaced out and it's pick and roll, come off, drive. What's the next pick and roll, come off, drive. It's like, okay, can someone come off uh, two screens? Like, uh, is there a floppy action, you know, something different. I don't know it. And granted, yeah. I get it. It's all analytics, but at the same time, it's just killing the game. It's it, as from a former like player, it just you watch it, you're bored sometimes as a player for me, you know. Imagine being the three guys that are not involved in the play, just standing there, and that's it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's just like you're, you're there's no movement, like, and there's supposed to be some kind of flow movement, but really, you feel like a, you feel like a right fielder in baseball, just standing there, <laughs> waiting, waiting for a ball to be hit to you. For sure, that's a great that's a great analogy because you're just like really that's all like I'm watching these finals and I'm I'm watching LeBron and these playoffs and he's just all right come set a ball screen everyone get open just make sure like I think as a shooter and from a shooter's perspective you could probably give a better example but you just basically should practice five second shots every day that's it that's all you need to and work stand on. behind the line and just. Launch quick. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? That's all you need. Or if you don't have it, drive. Those are the two right. things as, a, as players now that need to work on their game is just have a game where you can be ready. If you have a shot, shoot it. If not, drive. And if you don't have either of those, just pass it. There's no other there, – you don't, you know. And you're driving looking for a three-point shot. You're not even driving looking for a layup anymore. That's, that's, that's what's so crazy. How many fast breaks do you see where guys are sprinting their ass off and they're running the lanes to go dunk on somebody? You don't see that anymore. You're seeing guys running lanes, and it's not even a run or a sprint anymore. They jog to the corners. The other guys fill in. 
this guy comes to set a pick, he comes off, and then you got four one guy penetrating, four out waiting for a three point shot. And it's crazy. It's yeah. like let let's take it back for a second. The seventies where where you had Iceman Gervin, uh the beginning of Magic and Bird at seventy nine, eighty, uh Isaiah Thomas. So in the seventies through the eighties, you had at least the guys were so skilled and they played well and they read the game correctly to where you had, you know, you had three guys that can get you 20. Right. And then the, the, the other two that were starters got you between 10 and 12. And then you had guys coming off the bench that would get you double figures because the ball is moving, everybody's involved, guys running for layups. Um, then it comes to my era where it was the end of that and then it was just the two-man game where the big and the point guard pick and roll or you dump it into the big and he goes to work and he creates a double team for the ball to be swung around. Then but it goes to – You came in in the Shaq era. So that was the yeah, – kind of – Shaq, Olajuwon, David Robinson. So it's like you had dominant five, so we work inside out and we – we hope that they got double teams so we can make them pay. But you had guys that moved the ball. So guys still kind of, it was still kind of like this era, but it wasn't the point guard coming off a pick and roll doing it. It was you work right. inside out. Right. Now it's point guard, it, it turns to outside in with the same concept. Right. Right. Tracy, uh, you guys mentioned Byron Scott earlier and uh, on the point of shooting. Uh, Byron called you one of the purest shooters he's ever seen. I like how you don't even flinch there. You're like, yeah, no, what's, what's the question? Who's the best shooter you ever played with or played against? I'm, is, could, could it be former UCLA teammate Don McClain? No, it was Reggie Miller. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's it, it a good one. Probably, he was probably the most clutch, pure, like, killer when it comes to shooting the basketball. The best one I played with. Uh, is Dale Curry. Oh. You know, Dale Curry, we we both were where the starting unit out in practice because we're running off of screens and you had to guard both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was... We, <laughs> I just picture you running. I just picture you running. All we did was run. We ran off of, We ran floppy all day on, against them. How, you had guys that didn't want that just laid on screens. And so we just come off and knock down Jay. How much... I know this is, this is a... a a vague question, but how much is shooting God-given talent versus hard work? I think it's more hard work than anything. Yeah. If you like, put it, because it's muscle memory. If you put in the work and you know your shot and you know how to adjust, then you can, you can you know, be a, a decent shooter by the time you're done with your, the end of your career. Because I, I saw Mitchell Butler come in as just an athlete, and when he left the NBA, he can knock down a shot. You know, uh, the only people uh, I can say that would have a hard time knocking down a shot on on a consistent basis was Shaq because that ball in his hand was like a peach, you know, like a big, big ass uh, grapefruit <laughs> in his hand. Right. You know, and it's like it's hard to have a touch when you're shooting it like that. You got to be able to roll it off your fingertip and let it go. I mean, you know, even Junior right here was able to knock down the jump shot. <laughs> <laughs> do you I mean you you were explaining just two minutes ago how much the game has changed do you feel like you were uh you came up in the wrong era being a shooter when it comes to my paycheck yeah <laughs> 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 because uh, I think in this era I will be the hundred hundred fifty million dollar ball player because if you can knock down three point shots with your eyes closed you're going to get paid in this era that's six, uh, I mean, I, I, yeah. when I look at a player uh, in this era that I, I would say I, I was would be Clay Thompson minus his defense. I, I, I didn't defend like he did. But but coming off screens, catch, shoot, we did the same thing. Wow. That's, that's pretty high standards right there, boy. Would you go through – Hey, uh, what? ask what happened when I checked in the game. Don't let him touch the ball. <laughs> so I, even if the announcers didn't say it, the other team was saying it. 
No, you got a chip, buddy. I hey, I don't knock anybody who has a chip, man. Hey, 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 a chip, and I've always had a chip on my shoulder too. And it was, it was like, you know, when you when you constantly fighting fighting for respect, you know, because people overlook you. You know, you're gonna have a little chip on your shoulder besides okay. the championship. I know you said championship, but um, I, I was always constantly just, you know, I felt like if. The media is not going to respect what I brought to the table. At least, you know, having the respect of the guys that I played against, that was enough. Tracy, 1995 was a uh, a pretty big year for you. Obviously, you yeah. win your ring in Houston. <clears throat> oh, and your alma mater wins the national championship. Oh, yeah, I had a lot of trash to talk that year. Did you? Were you ever going back and <laughs> running with those guys in the summer at all? Oh, of course. Of yeah, course. Yeah, you know, yeah. that, that, that was all part of our summer workout. We all worked out with each other. But I had a lot of trash to talk in the current locker room I was mm-hmm. in. You know, mm-hmm. was, <laughs> they always, what's wrong with your boys? And now I'm saying the same thing. You know, hey, hey what's wrong with your boys? What yeah. your boys? I was going to ask you, what was that Rockets team like? No, oh, they don't, I don't think. Easy, I don't think easy people, breezy. I don't think people get, a, that team gets enough pub. No, it doesn't. They did it so you know why? Because Jordan was out for those two years. So everybody's saying, well, those are the championships that Jordan didn't win because he retired. Mm-hmm. But if you looked at the matchups when they matched up, Houston was up in matchups against them. So we, we weren't fearing the Bulls if Michael was there. No. Because yeah, Vernon Maxwell Vernon Maxwell matched up with him really good. He he battled him. Vernon they had no Maxwell. answer. Oh, bad match. Mad match. They had no answer for her team. No answer at all. No answer. You double, triple team him. There were killers on the perimeter. Big oh. shot Bob, uh, Kenny Smith, Sam Cassell, Mario Ellie, Pete Chilcutt was knocking down threes. There were killers on the perimeter if you double team Dream. What was and that? He was two double teams anyway. What was that locker room like? Were everyone just super they everyone it seemed like you guys were a close tight not locker Lucy room. Goosey, man. It was Lucy Goosey. Now when, when Clyde and I were first traded there was a little bit of hostility because Otis Thorpe was their guy. They just won a championship with Otis Thorpe and he was one of the guys that had been in Houston the longest. Right. And they all had a brotherhood with him. A brother you know, they one of their brothers being traded away for two guys that they don't know what's going to happen when these guys get here. And right. we're trying to win a championship, too. And, oh, by the way, we weren't playing well anyway. We were out of the playoff run at that point. Right. So we had to really get in gear and limp into the playoffs. And we limped in and finally got to the sixth seed. And we won the championship from the sixth seed. But I didn't realize that. Once, once yeah, we were the lowest seed to win a championship. But once we – got in gear once we bonded, once everybody saw that, you know, we're hungry to win too. We're good guys. You know, we're trying to fit in. This is your team. We're trying to fit in. Uh, once everybody got the gist of what was going on and understood that we needed Clyde because Clyde was hungry. Clyde, Clyde found new life when he got there. And then it was almost like he was a little kid again. When he, It was almost like him and Dream were back at University of Houston again. You know, how giddy they were. They were joking and laughing every day. I, I, I didn't see Clyde like that two and a half years before. Really? He was, he, it just seemed like he was revived. His legs were revived. Uh, uh, just a, you know, it, just, it was almost like, all right, clear, boom. And, you know, and, and it's like he came out of it and he was like Superman. He was flying and gliding again and dunking. It's like he really, like, I thought he was done in Portland and then he got to Houston and found new life. And it was it was it was a sight to see. And then you have you know people that had balls of steel like Marielli hitting the the kiss of death from the corner against the Phoenix Suns, and Kenny Smith went crazy game one against Orlando in Orlando. Sam Cassell was consistently kicking somebody's ass off the bench. Big shot Bob, you already know he was big shot Bob even early. What was your what was your game plan against Shaq? Let Dream handle it. Mm. Dream was the monster. Oh, that's cold. 
No, at that no, point, yeah. Sack was yeah. Young. Sack was no, I re- I know, and I know. Sack but... was Sack, No, Sack was killing people, but Dream was coming off of an MVP season, right? And he was mad that he didn't get MVP that year, and that was because Houston underachieved during the regular season, right? He was still killing, but Houston wasn't doing well, so he was he was pretty pissed off, especially when we got to the Western Conference Finals. And David Robinson was the MVP that year. Right. He finished the season with 71 points, which solidified his MVP. And and he was like, you know how a boxer is in the corner, and he's getting ready, and he's bouncing up and down before, you know, the fight. Yeah. And you have your hype man in your ear. You know, that was Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith was Dream's hype man. Dream was standing there watching David Robinson get the MVP trophy. And Kenny was like, that's your trophy, Dream. That's your trophy. He goes, Kenny. Don't worry about this. And <laughs> from and from the tip off, Dream absolutely destroyed David Robinson. Right. Oh, I remember he seeing destroyed that. Destroyed him. Destroyed yeah. him. And then that momentum just carried over to the final. So you you cut down the nets in Houston. That's mm-hmm. in June. And then what? Two months later, you find out you're going to Canada for some well, team named after a dinosaur. I was a free agent. Yeah. I'm going to run this down. This whole deal was messed up. This whole deal. <laughs> now, now I, I, I was able to talk trash about UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. National champion. Yeah. Win a, win a, win a world championship yeah. that year. Yeah, Big year. We're the champion. Big year. I'm a free agent. Houston protects me from being drafted in the expansion draft. Yeah, right. So I'm like, okay. I'm coming back to Houston. Feeling wanted, yeah. They change direction after the draft and say, okay, we're going to go older and we're going to go after Barkley and Pippen and Eddie Johnson, all these guys, and we're going to load up and try to win one more. So I'm out. So I get, I felt like I got screwed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. If you had that plan all along, cut me let out. Me get, let me get drafted by one of these expansion teams. So right. you, lost, let, you lost. Let me go there in a salary slot. So you lost money by not being drafted in the expansion draft. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, wow. I go from weight, making one point one to two fifty minimum, uh, and and you're getting taxed in a Toronto, oh, Canada. In Canada. Oh my yeah. God. So so you know you're Canadian. You know, you know the doggone uh, the taxes up there. Oh yeah, that's why so, I don't live there. So yeah, so two hundred and fifty thousand, and you're getting hit with Canadian taxes. Imagine versus, that. I'm I'm making peanuts. Versus, I'm making peanuts just to um, stay in the league and revive my career, which I thought it was a good decision because I would have been if I went overseas, I would have been done. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been back because they weren't snatching you back from overseas then. Yeah. But outside of you losing what, like eight hundred thousand dollars, what was the experience like of playing in Toronto? Best experience of my life. Yeah, I bet it was. So. I bet it was. It, 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 on and off court. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice gentleman's club in Canada. I, I, I wasn't, you know, a consistent person in there, but, um, but, but, just. Being a young 24, 25-year-old playing free for the first time, Isaiah said, look, we have no money. We have opportunity. We have minutes. Just come up here and play your game. Just come play. Reestablish yourself. So he gave me the green light pretty much. Brendan Malone was our coach. Gave me the green light. Just go play. Figure this thing out. So I go and I have my best year as a pro, 16.2. Half of that year, I was coming off the bench. The other half I started. I averaged 22 as a starter. Now, I was up for six-man-of-the-year award and most improved in the same season and didn't get either one. (laughs) Either one. They gave most improved. Well, I know six-man Kobe. Hey, I'm not going to argue with Kobe. You know, he's one of the greatest of all time. Six man a year, okay. He's young. He, you know, he's your future superstar. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't on the bench that long anyway. Okay, you know, and he's doing it with a better team. I have no arguments there. Now, George Marathon getting most improved. <laughs> and- <laughs> he had a great he had a great year. He had a great year. I'm not not, not as good year. as yours though. Man, I, come on, eleven and a half point jump. No, you you're know, right. Everything was up. What you go? That might have been the biggest jump in NBA history when it comes to scoring. Talk what'd you go to? to? What'd you go to? What'd you go from and what'd you end up with that year? I went from like five points a game even to 16.5, 16 wow. point, no, yeah. it was, it was 11 point jump. Yeah. Now, if that's not saying most improved, I don't know what is. So, <laughs> but you know, Rob, Rob know the game, man. He, he was in the game for a long time. He knows if, you know, if you, if you don't have that machine behind you, you're not winning any awards. Mm-mm. It's true. Not happening. Now, I was only, now, come on. I was in the top 10, 15 every year in three-point shooting. I only went once to the, to the three-point shootout one time. What city was that in, the one you were able to? New York. Yeah. New York. You want to know the funny thing about that? So we're all, like, we're putting on a damn shooting show when we're warming up, right? Mm-hmm. So it was, so, it was to the point that where somebody picked me as the dark horse to win it, right? The first four out, you're going to laugh your ass off when you hear who the first four out was. Me, Glenn Rice, mm-hmm. Reggie Miller, and I think it might have been Sam Mack. Mm-hmm. But three out of the four, you know, <laughs> we shoot Cheers. that thing. And, and, you know, Reggie's one of the most clutch three-point shooters in history. We're all sitting next to each other like, man, what are we doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> Who ended up winning that year? Uh, Jeff Hornacek. Okay. He shot it. Really? He shot it well. Yeah, he shot it well. Hubert shot it well that year. Hubert Davis, uh, Dale Ellis was in the finals with, uh, against uh, Hornacek. Damn. I don't think people realize how tiring that is, especially when you get to the fifth rack. Or is I, I it? Think- are, are you going on adrenaline? I think when it's your first time kicking the ball off the rack, you got to find the rhythm, and you don't find that rhythm until maybe the the middle rack. Mm-hmm. You finally find the rhythm. Then you start stroking, and now you're like, okay, boom, okay. But you don't know if you're going to take it from this side and shoot or this side and shoot it. And, you know, you got, you got to make up your mind because you're against the clock. Mm-hmm. So it, it, was, it was, you know, and I was like, damn, if I ever get back here, I'm going to win it. I never got back. <laughs> you are back uh, at UCLA, and obviously, we talk a lot of zags on this podcast, Tracy. I, oh, go figure. Now, listen, listen, listen. I'm not – I don't even mean to talk shit, but just realistically, you know, you've seen a Gonzaga program in the last – well, 20 years, but really more so in the last five years go to that elite status of program. Mm-hmm. And then you have the traditional power, the traditional blue blood of UCLA uh, kind of, you know, dabble mm-hmm. inside and out of the, the top 25. What have, what's been the biggest differences between the two programs? Consistency in the coach. Few has been there for years. Two decades. When you have a coach that's been there for years, you're able to establish a program, establish a style, establish what type of player that wants to come there and compete in your system. You know, if you're going to be there on a consistent basis, you're going to start winning at some point. And when you start winning at some point, you're going to build a pretty doggone good program to where top-tier players are going to want to come. And and that's what he's been doing up there. you got to tip your hat to what Mark Few is doing, man. I mean – if you look at how long he's been there, there might have been five different coaches that's come through UCLA since then. I think it was five. Do you think yeah, I you, would... you can't you can't develop any type of consistency recruiting, winning, getting the type of player you want, getting uh, any type of um, momentum in the play in the, in the NCAA uh, March Madness? You you can't do that if you're firing coaches every two three years. It's not gonna work. Do you think they never should have uh, fired Ben Howland? I Ooh. think they never should have fired him. Never. Yeah. 
I mean, the guy you know, goes the, to what back to back Final Fours and then right, and then he has a bad he has a bad crop mm-hmm. that was bad off the court, you know, and, and now it's like all right, throw in the towel, he got to go, you know, he's losing control of the program. But I, I mean, I like I like what with um I, I like what he did. He got him the Final Fours. He had some you know some some talent. He was recruiting talent. Oh yeah, even you, you look know, now. That last, are, yeah, there's still some howling guys from 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 when he had them there that are still in the league right yeah. now that are doing Russ. very well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. K Love, all of them. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's like Mbamute's still in there. He's on maybe on the injury list, but he's stuck <laughs> in there still for another year. Collison left because he wanted to. You know, Collison could have played a few more years. So I mean, he had some really good players. They play both sides of the court. Um, his, you know, you may not have liked his system offensively because they're used to run and gun, go score, you know, 80 to 100 points a game. He wanted it in the 50s and 60s. He wanted to walk the ball up and lock down defensively. Now, it may not be glamorous. That's what UCLA wants. But he was winning. It was effective. So, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, my opinion, I, I don't think they should have ever gotten rid of him, but what do you do after the the Steve Alford era is you go get another guy that's like Ben Howland with Mick Cronin. You know, Mick Cronin is, you know, he locks down defensively. He's a tough guy. What he did to that team last year, I thought for sure we were going to be in last. Yeah, they turned it around. Because you, yeah. you had guys that did not give a damn about UCLA playing the game, all they cared about was social media, you know, walking around the campus feeling like the big man. And they didn't even understand that, dude, when you lose there, it's not like it is. Wait until you start winning there. Yeah. Right. Then, exactly. then, then, then you got, you know, A-list celebrities coming to your game on the front row then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that Lonzo Ball year with T.J. Leaf and Aaron Holiday and those guys, it was back for a year. Sold out crowd, A-list celebrities on the front. You know, it was back for one year. The electricity in the building was back. But these guys got to understand that you can't live off of what guys have done before you. You got to come and create your own legacy. And, and I, I think once Mick cracked that whip and showed them that he was going to be in their face the whole time, they stepped up, and so I gave them credit. Those those kids came out and they played tough after a while. Nothing bums me out more than watching a UCLA game and half the seats are empty at Poly. Yeah, it makes yeah, it makes, it's, me, it's it makes depressing. me sad. Yeah, it's depressing because that's not what it was. That's not UCLA basketball where people are not coming to the game. But that's also the kids' fault. You got to win, mm-hmm. and once you win, you got to. You got to be big on campus. You got to be cool with the student body. You got to make them want to come to the game. Mm -hmm. If you're walking around there with your headphones on and you're blocking out everybody and not saying nothing to the student, we had, man, we, we, from freshman summer program to regular year, I mean, we were cool with everybody on campus. So in turn, they want to come see you play. You know, that's part of the college experience. Don't alienate yourself. You're not better than the next person. Who who do you hate more, USC or Arizona? USC, not even close. <laughs> not even oh, that close. Was, <laughs> yeah, that was quick to respond on that not one. Not even close. I hated that my brother went there for two years. Not you know, even close. I feel like a lot of Arizona people, UCLA's number one on the list over Arizona State. I don't know. Arizona State's probably the rudest school in Pac-12. <laughs> Arizona's like the student body? The rudest fans <laughs> in the Pac-12. They will talk about your mama. Mm-hmm. They would, they would, they would go to scandals and bring them up while you're playing. Like for example, Gerald Madkins, who's um, assistant GM up there in New York Knicks. He was my teammate. He had broken his pelvis in six places on a scooter. You know, the scooters were big Jesus. back then. You know, yeah. you ride the scooters in the middle of campus and all that. They were all over the other place. So he got in a scooter accident. These people are making jokes, scooter jokes in the stands while we're playing. 
That ain't funny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, see, it is. See, <laughs> no, no. Okay. 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 All right. Let, no, let, let, I know it's it. not funny at the time, but it's it's funny right now. <laughs> let's take it. Let's take it to something even serious. A little bit more serious. Steve Kerr. I played against him in college. His dad gets assassinated, and they and then and they're gonna yell, uh, "Champ PLO!" Like, what mm. the hell? Are they do? How you know what I'm saying? What? Where does it stop? I didn't they, realize they that. The, I didn't know yeah, that either. Steve Kerr, true story, went into the locker room and cried, bro, and came out and absolutely destroyed their ass. Yeah. Probably had his best college game uh, of his career against them that night. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed the shit out of them. In Tempe. Wow. All yeah. right. I didn't absolutely. know their crowd was that rowdy. Oh, they're brutal, bro. They're brutal. <laughs> Tracy, I could do this all day. Unfortunately, I gotta, I gotta sneak out here. Oh man, come on! I know, I know. See, Jack, our show is liked. People like to be on our show. I know. Well, I can I mean, I've got a million questions for Tracy. I think, I, I guess, I, I still got one. We're gonna I have to go part two on this, huh? Oh, we, we might will. have to. We might have to. What's your best yeah. uh, uh, Kobe story as a coach? As a coach, probably. Um, Probably watching him cuss Robin him out in, <laughs> after the game in Portland. <laughs> I've never mentioned that story. I've never mentioned that story. But I've just kept that story to myself for a long time. Oh, man. I that... Details? Details? No, you know what? I mean, at, at the end of the day, it was it – was, it was a humbling experience for those who thought they were doing something, you know, and, That's and a great PC way to say that. Yeah. Because, because they had to understand what Laker basketball really is mm-hmm. from Laker royalty. That's been there and done that. He may be at the end and, and, and sometimes when you don't have, you don't have it. People think less of you. You know what I'm saying? And Cole was – and he'll tell you, Cole was struggling just to, to make it to the game the next day, you know. And, and, and he really gutted it out that year. He shouldn't have played half the games he played. And right. he couldn't – obviously he couldn't practice, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think if he had practiced with the guys, the, the chemistry would have been better. And up until that point, he kind of held his tongue, you know, because – I mean, he's really – That was really, like – we had like 20 games left in the season too. Yeah, yeah, and he held on because of the, you know, the farewell tour. You know, he was feeling good. You know, he was finally the good guy. You know, people were looking at him like, you know, he was the hero, you know, on, on the – you know. Yeah. He, he's on his way out. And so people forgot how competitive he is and how he hates losing. And he went in there and <laughs> ripped. He ripped those guys a new one. Oh. And, but but it was pure honesty of what Laker basketball was to where it was at that time. Oh, man. You know, you go from championship to not being in the playoffs at all and dudes running around there like we're a playoff team off the court and not really focusing on the court. You know, like Rob would tell you, it was hard to pull some of those dudes off their phones in pregame to get them out there to do a pre, pregame uh, uh, workout just to get going. Like, dude, get off your phone for like 10 minutes. Let's go get this in. Then go back and get on it. It was a it was like, wild. It was just Jack tries to ask that year – Meta was Meta was on that team. Meta was on the show, yeah. and, and, and Meta was the cool head. Imagine that. I know Meta was. was it cool was head. a wild year, Jack. Yeah. That yeah. year was. I mean, I, was I cannot describe. I, I I just did not understand <laughs> what the was going on. I, <laughs> I really I really didn't because when you put on that Laker jersey. It it means something, and and just like you put on a UCLA jersey, you can't live off of dudes in the past. You still got your own legacy to 
to you know, and and it was you know the team was extremely young, extremely young, and they I guess they didn't really understand being a professional, you know, and and then Cole lit off into them, but you know they were you know in the back of their minds they're probably saying, dude, you're not even practicing. You know, that's what they're probably saying. They're missing the message. Mm-hmm. They're missing what he's saying. They're not looking at Kobe, one of the greatest of all time. They're looking at Kobe, you ain't even coming to practice, and you're going to say this to us. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's probably what was in the back of their mind. You know, if there was a guy, like when I was young, I was always, I never had a veteran rip me a new one because I was always out there working hard. I was the first one there, the last one to leave. I was always trying to pick their brains on how to get better. What what do I need to do to get better? What do I need to do to 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 get on the floor? I would do the same thing with the assistant coaches. I bugged the head coach so much he he was avoiding me coming down the the, the hallway. You know, it's like I I was just eager to how do I get on the court? How do I get in the rotation? How do I get better? But it was a pay due process back then. These guys were just coming right in and thrown into the fire. And it was like, there's no appreciation. There's, you know, no pay-due process to where you had to go through something to get to that point. Right. So, so, so you know, it creates a sense of entitlement. So, so dudes were just ex- expecting everything but not really putting in, you know. And, 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 you know, it was crazy, you know. And, and as crazy as Rob is, he came in and worked. You know, his energy was, was infectious. You knew – when he came in there, what's up, fellas? <laughs> like he had this unbelievable, like my first day in training camp, I'm on the stair climber working out before we start. Actually, no, it was a pickup game. I'm, it's my first day on the job as shooting coach, but I'm standing over there watching y'all play pickup, but I'm on the stair climber. Your crazy ass come in there with it, you just got to town, first day there, and you just came up in there. I was like, this fool is crazy. But when he got on that court, he played hard. Mm-hmm. And, and and I don't think everybody understood. You can joke before, but when you cross those lines, get to work. That's you know all what it's mean? about, man. Work hard, play hard. Work Excellent. hard, play hard, have a good time, and enjoy doing it. And you, you know. Damn right. Green, baby. Right, right. And and that's what he said every day. I'm li- Sack, Byron be like, Sack, what's up, man? Living the dream, baby. Living the dream. I live the dream. Some days it was nightmares, but every day it was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I, hey, I've had my share of nightmares too. But, <laughs> absolutely. But, but, but absolutely, when you come to practice, we're playing a game for our job. That's living the dream. I don't give a damn if it's a bad day or not. This is living the dream. You're doing something you did as a kid for free, and you're getting paid a lot of money to do it. So why wouldn't you want to work hard and try to be better and, 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 and accept the teaching that's being taught? Because, honestly, that team wasn't built to be in the playoffs. It wasn't built to win championships. It was built to improve from the ground up. You know, let's grab all these young kids and let's grind. Let's get them and let's develop them. Halfway through that season, well, towards the end when they when they decided to let B go, it was like I'm standing there like, when did the mission change? We're developing people. We're out here with them before and after practice. We develop them. We're putting them through stuff. When did the mission change? And that's where I, I I was like, you know what? This is my first year coaching. We were lied to. And I was lied to with my situation individually. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this coaching thing again. It's tough, man. That like that coaching is no joke, bro. You're yeah, hired because- fired. And and poor Jack, we need a part two on this. We do yeah. need a part two. Tracy Murray, otherwise known as a 1995 NBA champion, Rob Sacre's cousin, 
And as Byron Scott said, one of the best shooters Both he's figures. ever seen. One of the best shooters he's ever – I'm going to put that in your Wikipedia page, Rob Sacre's cousin. I'm going to put it tops. Yeah. Go, go figure. <laughs> go figure. Rob, do you have uh, – Oh, that time for Someone – something. Uh-oh. Tracy, get ready Uh-oh. for this. You're going to get a little – Oh, here we go. Here we I go. Knew, I knew it was going to happen at some point. <laughs> I was just waiting. Some people want it to happen. Some people wish it would happen. And others just make it happen. From the corner, and it's over. Gonzaga, the slipper still fits. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 